0: post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: G'day and welcome to this week's segment of Farm Yarns where we dive behind the audio to find out who inspires our guests, what motivates them, what they would like to debunk and also what resources they lean on to get the most out of their agri business. So let's get down to it, Farm Yarns. Emily, great to have you on this week and your last week coming on the OptiWay series, how that you're improving data to improve your own productivity. But now you join us for a good farm yarn, a quick fiery sort of session just to see who the person is behind the audio, what they do and what drives them, um, and maybe a resource or even a book recommendation you might have for us. But we'll start it off with your morning routine. How's it work for you? Oh,
2: so my morning routine is uh, I, I'm one of these people that don't send alarms. Um, and haven't for 20 years, but seem to be able to wake up between 5 and 5.30. I think it's genetic. I think I've got a father that does the same.
0: Uh, so
2: my morning routine is that get up, um, ha- have breakfast, um, and then it depends um, on, on what I'm doing for the day. So I've just started in a new role, so it's quite diverse. So it could be anything from uh, taking cattle at, at the feedlot um, in our business uh, Mustering, it could be actually in the office. So it is quite diverse. Um, and then, yeah, it, the day seems to go from there. And yeah, that's probably what I do of <laughs> the morning.
1: Beautiful. Well, no routines really the same. um But a general theme in that is agriculture. We get up a bit earlier than most lots out there. So good to see. But one of the sulky sort of questions everyone would sort of say for farming who inspires you? Maybe personally or Professionally, as well?
2: Yeah, okay. So, um I suppose there's lots of people that inspire me that aren't traditional, may not traditionally be an ag. I think that someone, anyone that um, inspires me, is someone that's living true to their values yeah. and doing what they want to do. Um, and I think that that doesn't matter whether that's the person that um, is teaching kids at school, being a nurse. Um, as long as you're living true to, your, to yourself and true to your values, um, I think that you're an inspiring person. Um, but I suppose my family inspires me. My mum and dad um, and my brother and his wife and four kids, I think that, that they're pretty special. But um, I also have three grandparents that are alive that are over 90 so that are still living in their farming operations. So, um, you know, I think that it points that agriculture is pretty good for, for longevity. So um, yeah, that's, that's probably who inspires me.
1: It'd be great to get some farm advice off them as well. I'd, they'd have some tales to tell around the years.
2: Yeah, yeah that's it. Right from, from the wool boom to the wool bust, I'd suggest.
1: It definitely. And for yourself, 60 seconds, tell me your first memory that you had on farm, maybe your own farm or a family's farm. What was it?
2: Uh, so my first memory on farm Um well, it was probably going to school, to preschool um, on my first day and coming home um, in the afternoon and asking my mum for a cheque for $10. And she said, what on earth do you need a cheque for $10? And I said, I've bought a rooster from the bus driver. Um, so I suppose my livestock trading started early. Um, and, yeah, that's probably my first memory. But also, that, you know, memory riding ponies to do a um, six-time AI program and it was our job to get the um, cows in in the afternoon after school. Um, yeah, so there's lots of memories, but yeah, probably the rooster trading on the first day of preschool probably takes the cake.
1: I'm more concerned about the bus driver trying to flog off his chooks to the kids.
2: Uh, look, I, um, oh, look, yeah. I have been told that I can sell, sell ice to the SMO. so uh, I'm probably pretty uh, persuasive, I would imagine, at five.
1: Good to see you're trading early. And also a myth about what a myth you'd like to debunk within Australian agriculture, you can relate it to your own enterprise.
2: Yeah, I think a myth that we we need to debunk is that ag, um, you know, if I flip the metric, ag is a really big business and um, farmers are really big business people. And I think sometimes they downplay that and and we don't actually tell our story properly. Um, We're too proud in a way to tell our story um, if we owned a multi multi-million dollar business in a city um, we would be known for that yeah. um, and farming doesn't do that and I think that that's the risk with animal activism and um, the consumers wanting to get closer to that product that um, we're not going to be great at telling that story and um, I'm currently doing the Australian Rural Leadership Program and a big part of it is actually being able to articulate your story and the power of storytelling and i think that the myth for farmers is they think they don't have anything exciting to tell they actually have a huge amount to tell and 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 people can learn from what they've done whether it's in agriculture construction health um they're all about a system and um they're, they're business people so that's my um myth that needs costing
1: that, that's a good one but you also, you might may be surprised when I contact farmers, I probably get two out of 10 that would be keen to come on the podcast as well. So I think being able to tell your story to the internals of agriculture um, would be a good start, but also outside as well. So I'd like to encourage more farmers to tell their own story and just be proud in what they're doing. We're not all gawking down and judging what's going on, but it's also different sort of ways that we all farm differently as well
2: yeah absolutely
1: and moving on if there's one thing you could change about australian agriculture what would that be um
2: look if i was God, i'd uh get the rain to come when it needs to come get the sunshine to come when it could um but that's obviously impossible i think the the, the um the thing that australian agriculture I think the thing I would like to see is that the supply chains work more concurrently with each other. So yeah. um, the seed stock producer actually talks to the commercial producer, who talks to the feedlotter, who talks to the uh, meat processor, who talks to the consumer. Um, I think we operate in silos, and I think there's missed opportunity because of that. Um, at the end of the day, we're all producing a um, scotch fillet for a restaurant in Korea or yeah. or Japan, um, and And I think that I would like to see Australian supply chains not act in silos so much.
1: Yeah. I think that conversation and also farmers love to see what and who is using our products as well. These very adding type stories, people that are jerky or something like that. It's amazing for a farmer to see their product in their hands um, and what the consumer sees as well at the same time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more.
1: And, Within land care in Australia, it's pretty important to give back to our soils that give back to us. What do you think the best way to share expertise is on land care being that it is the crust of what we're doing in ag?
2: I think land care itself actually does a really good job at this. I I just probably am disappointed that it's not as widespread um, as what it is. I think that there's some really good data there. And um, sometimes they're perceived that they're too um, conservational based, but we we've got sustainability is a buzzword, um, but it, it we all want to leave the lands in better nick for the next generation or the generations after that. So the more scientific information we know about our soils and vegetation, um, and, and what what's actually going on more than five centimeters down, I think is really important. So I think it's being part of those groups, and and again it comes back to not operating in a silo. So all the people in your community are probably having the same problem with or yep. conservation on a creek flat. will band together and get the creek flat sorted because that is actually going to help everyone in that part of your, in your community.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think to change the way we approach of leaving it better for the next generation, I think we can do a lot to leave it better for our own generation. Um, and that will come into making it better for the next as well. So good to see for that as well. But the next one's a bit of a tongue twister. If you weren't doing what you're doing, what would you be doing?
2: Um, if I wasn't doing what I was doing, um, I, I probably think I would be in um, human health some in some fashion, um, whether I have a brother who's an orthopedic surgeon. I don't know that I'd be... I don't know that drilling people's joints out is really what I wanted to do, but um, I think it would be in human health um, in, some, in some form. Um, I suppose animal health really interests me. So human health, I think, um, would be the obvious other choice.
1: Great stuff. We haven't heard that one as of yet. But for yourself, learning in agriculture um, is great to like, see what others are doing or what other groups are. What sort of resource do you lean towards
2: Um, yeah, so I think it's using your network that you collect, and I think that that network needs to be diverse, your personal network, um, and it's also getting yourself out of the comfort zone. So, um, as I mentioned, I've been, I'm doing the Australian Rural Leadership Program just at the moment, so there's 39 people in my, in my course, um, from regional, rural and remote Australia, and it's amazing whether you're growing cotton in Western New South Wales or, um you're looking after fish between victoria and um tasmania the challenges that you've actually got are the same yeah so i think um it's using your network um and um thrashing out those problems together because um the problem shared probably has a solution shared too
1: yeah i think those groups these organizations putting people in front of others is a great way to learn from what others are doing and Totally different sort of scenarios, but what they're doing is right up the same sort of alley of what we're doing as well, from cattle to fisheries as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, a lot of that comes back to human resource um, strains. And and so everyone's got it. So let's solve the problem
1: together. Yeah, 100%. And also any book recommendations? Are you a bit of a bookworm or you previously read some books?
2: Yeah, yeah, I look, I am a bit of a bookworm because where I'm currently living, um, I actually don't get any TV. So, yep, so it's it's a book, isn't it? So um, I am just reading, um, I've, I highly recommend um, a couple of books, The 10 Highly Effective Habits, The 10 Habits of Highly Effective People um, and a book called Emotional Intelligence. Uh, so that's really about knowing yourself um, before you go and try and tackle knowing anyone else. Um, and I've just, as a, Um, as a good book to read I've just finished a novel called Bert Town and I and I recommend it so um, there you go.
1: Great stuff we'll have to put them into the Farnswise book club we don't have one but we'll start it up
2: (laughs) yeah yeah that's it exactly
1: and an interesting question that I get some good responses from is what sort of question would you like to ask the next guest um, without knowing who they are or where they come from oh
2: that's a good question um
1: In 10 years' time, how do they see? So we actually lost Emily there with the internet connection um, from our end. So we'll finish off her sentence. So in 10 years' times, how do you see the farmer's role in what we do in talking with the consumers but also improving the data that we can collect to improve the customer's experience? So thanks for tuning into this farm yarn it was a great one with emily to dive into what drives her what motivates her and what sort of resources she pulls on for her own day-to-day activities and thank god she's in australian agriculture because she's really leading the way out in the paddock and also in the office in front of the microphone thank you emily Thank you for tuning in to the Farms Advice podcast. It is produced by Advert Your Eyes Digital, the agribusiness marketing specialist. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more information on this episode and the others before and spread the Farms Advice. If you love this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as it helps other farmers find us too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farms Advice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country for Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today.